maybe for the first time in podcast history, Daggett Morse is back on the mic, folks. Welcome to episode 12 of the NLF Insider Podcast. I can't believe my eyes, but there he is, my esteemed, phenomenally bearded co-host, Daggett Morse. Welcome back, pal. Two in a row. Big day. And we've got Boston's favorite ginger and multimedia threat, Mike Flanagan, on the uh, production this evening. Where's Daisy? She's right behind me, sleeping on the uh, extra bed in the office. Um, I don't know if you guys can see her or not. We cannot, but give her, give us a quick rundown of this wild vet story, because this is electric. Give okay. us a minute. You got 60 seconds. Go. All right. First of all, Dagger, good to have you back. Thanks for wearing the shades again. You just wasted a, six seconds on that. And it had for the second straight week. You'll go to Daisy on Memorial Day. We were on a walk. She got scratched by a cat. Um, it was hiding in the bush like all cats do. All cats stink. Coward. People know that cat, all cats are cowards. So the cat claws Daisy in the eye. I take her to the vet. They say it's just irritation. Give us a cream. Give us some eye drops. Blah, blah, blah. Say give it five to seven days. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. Five to seven days later, she's not fine. So we take her back to the vet. Same thing. It's just irritation. Keep doing what you're doing. Week after that goes by, still not better. Month and a half later, like this happened on Memorial Day. As I'm driving down to Baltimore, uh, I got a call from my girlfriend that they found a massive cat claw in Daisy's eye, right under the eyeball. That's what was causing her so much pain. That thing was in there for a month and a half. I, I cry when I get an eyelash in my eye. I can only imagine getting an, a cat claw in my eye for that amount of time. But yeah, that was awful. The fact that Daisy had to endure that for a full month is just horrendous. Um, and, and she's made more appearances on this podcast than Daggett has. So she's, this is true. she's the official co-host. He's really a guest host. Anyway, you mentioned the drive to Baltimore. Uh, we were all in Baltimore and Annapolis this weekend uh, for the national all-star games powered by Nike lacrosse. Uh, started off with the senior game, which was absolutely electric. Lots of highlights from the best players, the best seniors in the country. Um, Truett Sunderland scored his sixth goal of the game with like 14 seconds left off of a great feed from James Madden um, to give the Americans a 21 to 20 victory. And what a game that was. I want to say Joey Spelina had 10 points, maybe four and five, four and six. I'm not a math guy. Never have been. Um, I mean, it was, it was a phenomenal game. Uh, you know, everything you kind of could kind of ask for. I mean, Flano, you were on the sidelines with me. What, what were your overall thoughts of that game? First of all, I did not know Aiden McGuire was that athletic. I mean, I know he's tall, he's big, he can move, but I mean, to do a backflip. Just... First of all, it just, just obscenely obliterates a crossbar with a lefty shot, mm-hmm. which was impressive enough. And then at, I don't know, 6'3", 190, we'll say. Just pulls off a perfect backflip right in front of you, lands it. It may have been the most athletic feat I saw all weekend. Yeah, that was beautiful. The first step of doing a backflip is, of course, knowing you can do a backflip. So pretty pretty impressive to rip it out, you know, in front of a bunch of people filming because, oh, God, it would have been everywhere. It's everywhere now, but it would have been really everywhere. If it oh, I, I yeah. kind of almost, I said to Flynn, I was like, damn, in a way, I wish he would have missed it because it would have just been that much better. I was coaching his younger brother with the, with the 25s and asked how long his brother had been doing backflips for. And he said, I didn't know he could do a backflip. Oh, sure. Was, it's just yeah. something he just picked up. Uh, yeah, yeah, he just picked it up, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, didn't know he was that athletic, but what a player he was. Um, killed the crossbar, nailed the backflip. 
And later in the game, he had an absolutely absurd around the world goal. Um, yeah, he's a stud. That kid's a stud. Um, it was fun to watch him play. Speaking of behind the bag or around the world goals, Joey Spelina had a couple really pretty around the world goals in that all yeah, in that all American game. Just yeah, means what, it's a day that ends in Y for him. So yeah, I mean, I've told I've told him I'm like you've desensitized me to all BTBs and around the world. Like I see one and I'm like yeah, whatever. It's not even impressive anymore. I'm spoiled. We're spoiled. We're spoiled. A little bit. It's the golden age of lacrosse highlights, folks. Just remember that. Um. Daggett, did you happen to catch it or were you too busy, you know, scheming and game planning for the weekend? Uh, of course, scheming and game planning. Of course. Yeah. Fall, fall, how'd that, how'd yeah. that work out for you? Worked out pretty good. Four and one. Oh, and one. That's tough, though. And one's tough. And one is tough. Yeah. But four and one, pretty good. It was yeah. a good weekend. Guys played well. Uh, good showing for all New England boys. Uh, all three age groups showed up pretty, pretty well, um, which is good. It's really kind of what you're looking for on the way down there. Uh, but no, yeah, most of the scores were close just from looking around at the scoreboards. You know, it, it speaks to the quality of the event that there were very few blowouts. Um, certainly before the last set of games, there were very, very few blowouts. I mean, everybody's good. Everyone can play. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's why it's a fantastic event. You know, great to be down there. Um, this was year three, right? Year three, yeah. Year three, yeah. So excited for year four next summer. That's for sure. This keeps getting better and better. Just touching on the senior game real quick again. Uh, one of the guys that actually the first time I saw him play in person was at the inaugural National All-Star Games in September of 2020. And since then, he's just completely blown up is LSM uh, Will Donovan from Brunswick. I mean, he might be the best defensive player in the class. Um, well, he might be the best player with a long pole in the class because the best defensive player in the class is Thomas Richardelli the goalie from Eclipse, who is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, even in, in an offensive-minded setting, um, like an all-star game like that, he was incredible. He must have had six or seven saves that were just jaw, jaw droppers, including one where he just magically slid into the screen and took away a surefire goal. So he is excellent. Notre Dame has recruited the goalie position in the past couple of years as – I'm not going to say as well as anybody – better than anybody uh, – possibly should um except maybe culver we'll get to more get to culver a little bit more in a minute but um as far as division one schools Notre Dame's recruited goalies like gangbusters and richard ellie is the future in south bend so he was one of the guys that really stood out i mean you know like we said spelina um just your usual nine ten point night petromala sunderland nice little attack line you know um the other team, the Nationals, you know, it seemed like it was a little bit more kind of spread out. Um, I want to see Charles Balsamo at four or five points. His running mate, Joey Terenzi, at a couple goals. Uh, you know, a little bit more uh, of the offensive balance on that team. Uh, but really fun to watch. Um, and, and even after Sunderland scored to go up by one, um, the Nationals got the ground. The, the, the ensuing faceoff got a shot. <clears throat> Excuse me, had a chance to tie it up and, and just couldn't quite get there. But down on the wire, beautiful night in Annapolis, uh, sick venue. You know, I, I don't think you can ask for much more than that. So it, like you said, excited to see next year, that'll be the third, uh, third year for the senior game. And it just continues to get better and better. I'm um, really excited to see kind of which 23s are going to step up and enter in those spots. So, and then moving on to the underclass event. Well, before um, we, before we get to that, can we talk about the tough break that Skane had? Just, did you see oh, that? Oh, oh my man. Lord. That is some of the worst luck I've ever seen on the cross field. Didn't just see it. What happened? Oh, it's not good. This kid rips a shot, and I was 
I ECD Greg posted it on his page, but um, this kid, I forget who took the shot, but it was a rip. And the, the, the this kid did everything right. He, he ducked and he made sure he was not going to get hit by the shot. He's like literally on in the fetal position on the ground. And that was just the deflection that yeah, went in. It's deflected yeah, off the pole. It good. bounces off the ground and it goes through like the tiniest little hole between his leg and his thigh and it hits him in a place you don't want to get hit. And oh, it was rough go. It was tough. It was tough to watch that. But I mean, he's a tough kid. He's a tough He's a very tough kid. He's an extremely tough kid and a good, you know. Glad to see he was able to bounce back because I saw that when I saw that on the video. I mean, you know, we saw it live, but you couldn't really quite tell because it happened so fast. And then the masterful ECD Greg just happened to get it and slow it down to just the perfect speed. And you're like, oof, the cringing that went on. And when I saw that was was pretty, pretty rough. So tough break. Um, tough. Glad to see the skein's okay. He's tough. Um, you know, pen commit. So Ivy League grit, as you're well aware of, Flano. Grit. That's what the Ivy League does, baby. Grit. That's right. That's a well-known fact. So moving on to the underclass event, um, you know, by usually gets uh, gets a little. Some of these games can get a little uh, lopsided sometimes at the end because so, you know, the team with a little bit more depth. That's really where you start to see it. So the um, DMV took home the twenty-three title again, the second time in three years. They had I want to say ten guys from that Madlax team that won NLF last summer. So. Uh, really good, really good squad. 24s was Maryland, one of blowout, and uh, Florida coming away with the 2025 title, which was uh, surprising, but also really cool to see. I've been able, I've been fortunate to see uh, a lot of those Florida Crabs guys from that 24 Montez team um, at 1% last winter in Del Rey and was really impressed. So, not surprising to see a team made up a lot of those Florida Crabs 25s, you know, go through and take home the title at such a competitive event. Um, I think that team's won a couple tournaments earlier in the summer. So, um, you know, certainly not shocked uh, to see it, but, you know, it's just kind of tough to win that tournament. And they finished out by winning three one goal games on, uh, on Sunday. The 2023 title game um, was pretty close early on. And I think, you know, DMV's depth just kind of took over down the stretch a little bit. Um, I, I want to say South was down to maybe four or five minis, which is never easy, especially not against a team with DMV's talent. Um, Flano, I know you were catching the game a little bit on the sidelines and, and you were pretty impressed with how the South opened up. Yeah, I thought they got to a strong start. Uh, pretty BTB goal to put them up 2 nothing, I believe it was. And Maryland start, or DMV started to really sort of uh, assert themselves at the face-off X and in the offensive zone, really controlled possession. And then um, I think Mar DMV went on like a, it was a three or four nothing run in the third quarter and that sort of served as the game's turning point and then ultimately pulled away in the fourth. Quick quick recruiting talk. Um, and surprise, surprise, we're going to be talking about the troops for a little bit because um, there's not a whole lot else going on in the 24s until the, everybody else can start recruiting on September 1. But huge development today. We're recording Tuesday uh, for Army. Shout out to the land troops. Um, the NLF number three player in the 2024 class and our number one goalie, Tade Wynn, who split time at Culver um, this spring and has been a mainstay on the circuit for the West Coast Stars for the past couple of years, committed to Army right off the hop. Um, you know, I actually spoke to him on Sunday at um, Nike National, but, and he was like, basically, yeah, I think I'm going to take some visits. And, you know, I, I knew, I'd known for a while that, that Army was at the top of his list, but 
then I found out on Monday, like, yeah, this can move pretty quickly. And next thing you know, he was committed. So took the visit to Army. Obviously, must have seen something he liked and uh, and committed. I mean, how you know, two commits, 10 stars. Is that a good ratio? Pretty good ratio. You know, Army likes their stars. Um, I mean, to take an advantage of the early jump on recruiting to get their guys and get exceptionally talented guys on top of that. Um, another you know, program that's done pretty well at the goalie position, especially of late. Uh, it's that's going to be cool to see how the rest of this class shapes up for them. Now, you know, they're dropping, you know, not exactly fast and furious, but one a week. I'm kind of, who's going this week? How many, how many more guys in the top 15 do we have that are going to go to army? It's funny you mentioned it because talking to some, some people aren't armies is just so hot right now. You know, people love the troops and, it seems like there are quite a few guys in that top 25, top 35 range who have a lot of interest in Army. Now, obviously, they're going to have to lock them up, and a lot of those kids are going to take their decisions into the fall once everybody else can start recruiting them. But I don't think I've ever heard this many high-end guys be so interested in Army uh, right off the hop. And so that that's really interesting to me. I mean, they've already got two five-stars. Like, could they end the class with four, five? I mean, it's entirely possible. Talking to some guys, you know, that are pretty high up. It seems like that's right at the top of their list. And um, I'm, I'm really, really curious to see, you know, how that plays out in the long run. And um, just Month because of July, not, feeling more patriotic than usual. And than ever. Yeah. And not just talking about the, the land troops. Let's talk about the water troops a little bit. Um, they picked up another MIDI from Team 91 Long Island in Danny Aiello, who would follow his older brother, JJ, to Navy. Uh, Danny actually, uh, you know, he's a D-Midi by, by day, but last year in the NLF National Championship game, had a goal and an assist in the title game, um, including a sick diving backhander. Shout out for the brand for the D-Mids. And, uh, you know, speaking of the brand, I don't think anybody's more for the brand than the Navy. They love taking their D-Mids. How do you feel about that? Well, the midshipmen love their D mids. It fits together very well. Um, but no, they've had they've had some great ones. And again, another program um, taking advantage of the month or two months head start they get um, to go after kind of elite players. Uh, I think the college landscape is always more fun when those teams are good. Sure. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't have a good reason for that take. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you don't really have a good reason for any of your takes. So it's, that's very it's true, right especially this one. But it, it is more fun when you when you see those guys on TV, ESPN, Utah, you know, up in the standings competing against, you know, some, some of the blue blood, big names. Um, I don't know, maybe it's latent patriotism or something. Maybe it's just cause it's July, but it sounds like they're going to keep taking those strides. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen one of them on Memorial day weekend, um, 2002 Chandick, would that be the last time or even earlier than that math, you know, come on. No, we'll okay. get Pythagoras Flanagan on that one. Um, <laughs> Flano, you want to do something at some point? Look up when the last time one of these uh, armed forces made the final four. Um, the other recruiting news out of Culver actually hit late hit late tonight um, is that one of their 23s, Gabe Sorocetti, uh, formerly committed to High Point, he is uh, back on the market, which is really interesting to me because it's not often that Culver's leading score and a guy who put up 100 points against you know pretty darn good schedule um, hits the market for a second time. And really curious to see where he'll end up, you know, uh, talking with Coach Bersner from from Culver, uh, tells me that Sorchetti's got a three nine GPA, which seems good, much higher than I ever had, and voted a captain for Culver next year. So obviously, 
made of the right stuff, Canadian as half of Culver's roster tends to be. Um, and, you know, I, I got to see him play uh, against McDonough earlier this spring. MIAA champion McDonough, I think I'm legally obligated to say that. Otherwise, I get heat from my Baltimore sources. But um, And he, he looked terrific, like just finished everything, um, was a great part of their offense, moved well off ball, kind of a tougher, you know, tougher kid, got to the middle. So I'm interested to see uh, what, what schools are still going to be able to, you know, take some big time 23s and where he ends up, um, especially – you know, I, I have no inkling so far at all where he's going to end up, but when you see a kid that productive and then you see schools like Virginia and Maryland without a ton of 23s, you know, start to wonder, could he end up there or where he'll end up because High Point's a great program. So, um, you know, if that wasn't fitting the bill for him, then you got to think he's going to be looking for some, something incredibly special. So excited to see where he ends up. Yep. Guys like that don't reopen their uh, process for no reason. So, There'll, there'll be some dots to connect soon, I'm sure. So this weekend, we are looking forward to the MLF National Championship, the biggest event of the summer. Uh, we'll be here. It's always a very exciting time. Three-day stretch. It is an absolute gauntlet. Um, looking at the schedules, it, it's really hard to find kind of an easy bracket because they don't really exist. Um, and, you know, just you've, you've coached in this before many, many times, um, made a couple deep runs with some teams. Like what's the hardest part of this event, uh, you know, from a, from that perspective? Uh, it's difficult. Obviously it's easy to say everyone's good, but, um, my favorite part of how it's scheduled is also makes it more difficult. Two games in a day means everybody's fresh. So you, you're not catching necessarily a team, their third game after two slugfests when, you know, their middies are a step slower and maybe guys are, are kind of banged up. So everyone's at their best, which is, you know, not by accident. You know, you see some events, even some individual ones now in the summers where these guys are playing like five games over two games or two days, six days, six games over two days, more. It's crazy. If you want to see them at their best, let them rest. So two games in a day with some time off in between, you know, your guys are going hard, but so is your opponent. And because everybody can play, um, talk about playoff atmosphere all the way through. Getting out of the group stage is a big deal at this event. Um, it's a monumental deal. It is it's, if, if hard. You, if, you, if you won your, your pool play, you're outstanding and your reward is to play someone else equally outstanding. So there's no, there's no freebies, which I love, but it's also a little bit stressful when you don't get to suit up and play anymore. You just have to watch, uh, but it's, oh, don't kid yourself. You wouldn't be able to play for Lax Juice. It's black. No, now then anytime anyway. So hurtful, but true. Fine. I'd be a real, real coach on the field. Great communicator. Doesn't get up and down very well. Lacks great lateral. team. Great team guy. Yeah. Really good for one shift. <laughs> and blows out both hamstrings trying to get off the field and does not hobble off, stays down. Perfect. That's it. That's the scout. Last year's national champions uh, that are returning, 2023, was Mad Lax DC Dogs, which actually, you know, we talk about how tough the event is. They made it look not tough last year at all because they just blew out just about everybody, and it was remarkable to see. Um, and they've got, you know, they're coming back. Uh, with all that firepower and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, you, you talk about it's hard to win one. It's, it's almost impossible to win back to back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Mad Lacks have a big target on their back. Um, it'll be interesting to see if people can keep it close with them this year and, and maybe somebody can can knock them from the uh, their championship throne. Definitely. Definitely the most dominant performance. Oh, it's unbelievable. Other, other, well, other, other than 91 Crush. Thank say, you. You yeah. got to put them Please. up there with them. That's, and if they Please do show again. some respect. Oh, of course. Yeah, uh, I think I remember. You, I think I remember. 
their last one, last crush one, they played some team. I can't remember from where in the championship game. And it just was a, a hasty blowout. Good thing it wasn't on TV right now. No. <laughs> Good thing it wasn't anywhere from like a, you know, a club that you're associated with or anything, but. Couldn't be. <laughs> couldn't be couldn't be you uh last year's 2024 national championship team 91 long island Wolfpack. that i remember last year the semifinals and final were just an absolute bloodbath i think every, every maybe almost every playoff game went to was a one goal game and then 91 won by two in the finals but it was a 4-2 game like down on the wire the entire time before uh the aforementioned danny aiello uh scored his nice goal so that, and that's really kind of a class obviously it's the biggest recruiting class right now but it's a class where there's a lot of really good teams, but not, not a 91 crush or, you know, a team like that, or, you know, last year, a Mad Lax DC dogs where you're like, all right, these guys are just steamrolling everybody. So it's such an interesting class and you're going to see a ton of one goal games, a ton of just down to the wire. Um, and actually one thing I wanted to touch on when we're still talking about the 23s and I was talking to coach McLaren the other day at, at national all-star games. It's like, I want to say that there was a pool last year where it was prime time leading edge West coast stars and VLC. And I want to say VLC lost every game by like, you know, one or two goals and was the quote unquote worst team in, in the tournament. That team just made semifinals at Crab Feast the other day. Like it's a really good team with, I think, you know, 15 division one commits. And sometimes that's not even enough at this event. Um, so excited to kind of see how that goes with the 24s. Uh, Daggy, you'll appreciate this. I got a direct message from a player whose team is not in the NLF and, um, but is playing in the tournament. And he asked, can you send me a list of college coaches that will be there this weekend? And I just chuckled and I just, or, and he said like, who's going to be there? And I just responded. I was like, everyone get ready. Send back the Wikipedia page for <laughs> division one teams with lacrosse. Cause that's the list. That's, that's basically the list guys. Um, you know, last year in the summer event, I think we, we were over 300. Um, every, every tournament team was there. Uh, that's the other thing too. I'd love to get your feedback from a coaching perspective. I mean, how, how surreal is it for some of the guys and they look on the sidelines, you've been playing, you know, at big events all summer, crab feast, legacy, things like that. But this is the big one. You look on the sideline and there can be 60 division one coaches, you know, watching the game. Is that a little bit surreal for some of your guys? Uh, the cool thing is they're kind of used to it, I guess, by that yeah. point. So they're not too um, shook up pregame. They're focused on, you know, what they got to do. Everyone's too good to look at the list of, chairs on the sidelines and they're also you know as you get deeper kind of cloaked by the spectators it's kind of cool with it i think it's cooler that the field gets rung by people and it's shoulder to shoulder all the way down even people behind the net like absolute lunatics standing there so they can see um and those games have kind of playoff type atmospheres especially if you're going late or going to overtime and people are walking off the fields everyone stops and watches uh, i would say that's even even slightly cooler um but they're definitely aware. It's just late in the summer, so thankfully you don't have to deal with the wide eyes and the, uh, you know, no one's counting the chairs at this point, which right. would take a while. So it's good. I mean, we have games to play. It's three hundred coaches there. I'm not. I'm not insane enough to read off my actual predictions of who I think will win each group, especially not in the twenty fours. Um, but looking at your pool, you've got Eclipse, Massachusetts, Mesa, Team ninety one South. <laughs> right then and there that that seems uh like a pretty tough offering but it's like you can't necessarily say it's the most stacked group because you look around and you're like all right i can't really pick an easy group here yeah it's you're, you're better off not worrying about who 
you're going to see. Make your peace with the fact that they're good. Um, thrilled to be a 2 p.m. start on Friday. That makes travel a little easier. That's a good time to start playing. 2 o'clock at 5, I think we play on day one. Um, yeah, it's it's always kind of fun getting there, warming up for the first game and kind of looking at guys and going, like, we're playing for a belt here. This isn't, you know, in a 7 a.m. start where you have four later games on a field that's, you know, a cow pasture. It's big time. <laughs> it they, is big time. They rise to the occasion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's everything that it's cracked up to be. Um, admittedly, not the most unbiased opinion, but I, I get to see a lot of tournaments in, during the season, and, and this one takes the cake by far, in my opinion, in terms of overall talent, college coaches, organization, all that stuff. Um, how are you uh, – what have you got uh, dialed up for some of the, those Eclipse attack, man? Let me get on the uh, – We're going to try and run the don't allow a goal play an awful mm. lot. We'll practice that quite a bit. Um, How's that looking? It's looked okay, but the Eclipse guys are, you know, another level. Uh, not, not willing to share the details here. Janet, this oh is, come on this is top secret you know when you know when you see like the coach get up on the podium like the nfl playoffs he's clearly slept under his desk in the office yeah um i that's haven't not done, you I no, haven't I that, but that's how i feel <laughs> just just looking at some of these matchups uh of some of the top 24 teams in the country i mean looking at you know just again this is just pool play some of the games that stand out denver elite versus brotherly love i mean that denver elite squad is absolutely loaded um, I feel like they've almost fly under the radar a little bit. So, you know, sometimes DE can can be a little bit of an unknown, but brotherly love from Philly is a fantastic team. Like those team, one of those teams is not going to win that group, which is ridiculous. Um, you know, Crabs West Coast Stars uh, and Triple H is also in that group. Like, are you kidding me? We already talked about yours. Uh, you know, look at another one. You got you got Madlax, Thunder Express, and Tomahawks in the same in the same group. That's like, that I think that kind of harkens back to my my earlier point of the primetime leading edge stars and VLC group. Like so far, I might go with that one, but it's close. You could talk me into any of the other three. Yeah, I mean, Pool F. You got leading edge versus primetime among some of the, some of the headline games. Like those are two of the top. You know, every single year, you know what you're getting out of those. You're going to get 16 to 18 D1 guys from each of those programs. And um, Sweet Lax Navy versus Team 91 Maryland sounds like an absolute treat to watch. And then. Um, you know, you're going to see 91, uh, there's this one, one lax uncommon fit Canadians team that gave, um, some teams a lot to handle at the NLF, uh, opening weekend. I mean, Canadians, you say Canadians at the national championships, a little, little wild, but, um, you know, express North is also in that group, which is another excellent 24 team. So I, I don't know, man, you, you make it out like to your earlier point, you make it out of pool play in this one you've done something pretty special, let alone making it through that, uh, that playoff run. Um, and then just a quick thing on the 25s, you know, we're, we're going to stick to just the high school stuff, but 91 Maryland won last year against Lax Juices in the final, which was just an unbelievable game. Uh, it was ridiculous to think that those kids were in eighth grade at the time. Um, I have to think that, you know, they're going to be among the favorites to, to make it back because seeing both those teams in action this summer, they're really good. I mean, they, you know, the 25 class is, is strong as well, but it uh, seems like those two teams may be a cut above. So, and then uh, Lax Schusets will have Eclipse. So it'll just be Towers and Evans just screaming at each other, which is really yeah. what we're here for. We got a preview of that this past weekend down at Nike. <laughs> How'd that go? Connecticut. 
Uh, that was that was a tight one. We, we thankfully came back and pulled that one out, but that was, it was. Well, I mean more than I mean more the Evans versus Towers matchup. Did they just stand six inches apart from each other and you scream in each other's faces? Well, exactly a ten yard sub box, so they they were a little closer than they otherwise would have been. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty entertaining. I'm sure it was. Um, but anyway, all that to say, um, keep it locked to our social media. We're, we're going to be having a lot of content this weekend. We got Mike Flanagan who I think is almost coming back from his self-imposed speaking exile in a minute. But shout out all the video guys. He's he's hovering, he's hovering over the mic. Like he wants to say something, but I think every time I do, I get yelled at. There we go. There we go. He's trying to formulate a sentence, which is always a difficult task for our man Flano. So we love you Flano. So yeah, a lot of video guys, a lot of photographers, also me. Um, We're really excited to kind of see, who stands out in the most loaded field possible. I mean, when we're, you know, when we're collaborating and putting together the rankings and everything, like guys are always going to talk about, I saw him at NLF and he was sick and he was, you know, this kid was fantastic or this kid was just okay against, you know, the best teams. It's like what you do all summer is great, but what you do at this event is, is kind of what really certifies you as a badass. So I think we're going to leave that word in. Put your put an exclamation point on your evaluation from college coaches. Cause yeah. you're not, there's no one to feast against that can't whistle and walk so if you're making plays you're you're ready to go yeah let's just say it wasn't a coincidence that a lot of those mad Lax kids were in like the top 30 last year after uh after they pummeled everybody at nlf so um you find out you know who the who, who the real guys real top dogs are and then who the kind of pretenders are so excited to see how that breaks down um but that's all i've got and we're excited for nlf this week we'll definitely have more content next week starting next week we'll have a lot a ton of content from the summer um, some of the evals from our previous events, obviously this event, and tune in to see if Daggett can will, single-handedly will, Lachshusett's 2040 championship. All right, well, thank you very much to uh, Daggett and our mute boy, Flano, tonight for their contributions to this podcast. That's episode 12. We'll see you shout guys this week at Lehigh. Shout out Daisy, the real warrior. Everybody get your I know shorty and she doesn't want no slow song Had a man last year, life goes on Haven't let the thing lose, girl, it's so long You been inside, know you like to lay low I been people what you bring to the table Working hard, girl